0: hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to the i'm just super saiyan podcast it's your host josh and your boy caleb what's up what's up today today we are going to talk about first off an anime moment and what it means caleb please please for definition's sake define an anime moment for us
1: Oh, this is a term that I don't honestly don't know if I heard it from some place. If it's like an actual term, but I, I just call it an anime moment, right? You know, like in a show, whenever the the characters like the main MCs like on their, their deathbed, they've been fighting this one. The it's like the end end of arc, you know. They're fighting the villain, the main antagonist, and they're like down for the count, right? You think it's over, and then they either have like a flashback to their childhood. But they see their friends like cheering them on. They see their love interest like crying in the corner. And then something they just like get a second win, right? Something something channels inside them. The main character's music starts playing, and then like they just go, they go ape shit. They just they just destroy. They they dominate. That's that's an anime moment, at least for a shonen. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, an anime moment. It, the best way to describe it is for one, the main character just uh, embodies every single thing that they've been developing. They come to their uh most complete form at least for that you know season or arc or what, what have you part of the storytelling or it could just be like that point personally when you're watching a show let's say it's not a show let's say it's like a slice of life a drama a rom-com when that moment hits you personally where you're like this anime just made it into like my top 10 top five list where it goes oh, from being so cool. like it separates the men from the boys right it goes from being just a, a normal show to to that that show that show that you're just gonna remember for the rest of mm-hmm. uh the rest of eternity
0: And I think that's what makes it important too, right? Like, that's what makes it so crazy. It's like, those are, those are like show divining moments when you ask people, like, hey, what do you remember most about certain, certain shows or certain just like pieces of media? Like, those are the game changers right there. Those are the big ones that everyone, that a lot of people will remember.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it gets down to the point like, I will say, I think it is different for each individual person. Um, if it's a really popular show, I think a lot of people will have a general consensus on when that anime moment is. Uh, it can be different for other people. And like I said, many shows have many different anime moments. Like I said, it can be just be t- dependent on a certain arc, a certain character, um, just a certain part of the story that you're in. Um, but for example, I'll start with one of my favorite anime moments. Uh, we'll go back to the the number two anime on my spot because, like I said, I've so every single episode, Kakaburi is the number one anime um <laughs> re-zero episode 18 this is one of the most influential anime moments that i remember legit in my entire watching career if you want to call it that in uh you know anime so if you those who don't know what ReZero is it's it's a classic isekai well not classic but it's an isekai story you have your uh, main character named subaru natsuki he gets isekai into a fantastical world he's tasked with the uh I'm not really sure what he's tasked with. I guess just saving the world. There isn't really necessarily a demon lord or whatever. It's a very complex plot. It. I really need to, you know, read the entire story to get a whole gist of it. But just know there's like a lot of just complex plots. He's working for the um, this uh, witch, I guess you could call her, named Amelia. And he's trying to get her to, into a position of power so that she can pretty much uh, make the world a safer and more equal place for demi-humans. Um, but anyways, one of the season uh, parts in you know a- episode eighteen is one of the most influential uh, anime moments. Pretty much, uh, the trope with ReZero and well, with Subaru Natsuki is that he basically can restart from when he dies. So his whole superpower—he doesn't have like any sort of noteworthy like strength or intellect or abilities—but he's able to you know basically re- restart from a reset point like a video game if he dies. Um, and how he dies in some very extreme, extreme ways, which kind of makes him go a little bit insane. But uh, episode 18 in, in season one is pretty much where he comes down to his breaking point. He's, you know, died a bunch of times. He's debating, you know, whether or not it's even worth continuing, you know, to you know, working, you know, towards, you know, meeting the the goals that he's basically been set out as as a main character in this story. Uh, taking a step back and realizing, like, am I, is every, anything I'm doing worth it? Is, is it all in vain? And he's like comes to the point where he's like, you know what? I just want to live like a, a comfortable life. Now, I'm not sure if you're you're familiar with any of the characters, Josh, in Rezero. But mm-hmm. are you familiar with the uh, the? Okay, so that's a no. Well, <laughs> the, a common thing for a lot of the Rezero fans is um, they debate between the best girl being either Amelia, who I said is that witch, um, she's white hair, a little bit tall, and then Rem. Now she is again, I guess they're basically tied for love interests uh, for Subaru. As far as you know, who he cares for the most, but uh, Rem is a uh, is a one of the maidens at the uh, mansion that Amelia stays at in this first season, and she basically uh, over a course of like you know those first eighteen episodes comes to a point where she's really deeply in love with Subaru for whatever reason. Um, so she's pretty much I don't, I don't really necessarily like how she's written because she's very she's very like uh, a much of a yes man to to subaru she basically tells subaru whatever he wants to hear just to make him feel happy or just to like Mm -hmm. she doesn't see like any of the faults in him for example after uh subaru saves her for like the first time Mm -hmm. but in this in this uh, episode 18 right she basically comes to a full point where she basically calls out subaru for being a coward trying to run away because subaru's like you know rem i really like you we could just run away spend our time together and just forget about the whole craziness with the the world he's like you know the world's gonna do what they're gonna do what's the point of us even like working towards this and the crazy part about this anime moment is that rem really like that's her dream right she wants to be with subaru basically for the rest of you know their lives on earth she wants to grow old with them have kids with them all that kind of craziness um but she basically denies her own happiness because she knows that if Subaru was, if she was to run away with Subaru, the Subaru that she loves would no longer be who is who she's with at that point, because she would be going out with a cow, or She wouldn't be going out or being spending time with, you know, the the man she fell in love with. Okay. Um, at the same time, I like, Rem kind of sees the writing on the wall, like she's probably not going to be able to be with him ever because, you know, Amelia's in the picture. So she's basically sacrificing her own desires just for the betterment of of uh, of Subaru, so it's it's a very complex storyline. If you watch ReZero, you you'll realize that um, it's a lot of it's a lot of dialogue. There are some good fight scenes, but the majority of the show is dialogue, character development. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole episode is legit just a conversation between these two characters, like 20 minutes of just monologuing between two characters on how mm-hmm. they feel, where they're at, and they're motivating each other. And that legit is seared into my. Um, it seared into my psyche. I think that might have been the first episode I actually cried on in, in in anime. And after I saw that episode, I was like, yeah, this is that show. So that's my one of my favorite anime moments. Um, I'll let you give one of your examples.
0: I mean, if we're going to talk about crying moments, I mean, I definitely have to bring it back to uh, one of the episodes of One Piece where basically they... Have this ship that they've had since essentially the beginning of the show, and two of the characters, uh, everyone knows Luffy, but another guy Usopp. Like they have this special attachment to the ship because they got it from one of Usopp's friends, and so like they find out they basically just have to like send the ship off. Like the ship will not cannot be repaired anymore. It's like falling apart. It's like held together with hope, dreams, and duct tape at this point, uh-huh. and. they come to this realization like these shipwrights are telling him like bro you need to get a new ship you cannot ride this ship anymore if you are on the ship the next time it goes out to sea you will drown because it is going to sink and so the crazy part about this about this whole episode to me was the fact that essentially usopp doesn't want to get rid of the ship like Luffy's telling him like hey I'm your captain like you we need to get rid of the ship even though you have the special connection to it and basically they end up fighting over the ship like the two of them exchange blows over the ship and it it just shows the passion for me about the characters and even though they love each other like they are best friends like they are two peas in a pod I'll say but like the emotion that they showed just for the ship was, it was just outstanding to me. And they've had this spe- special connection to it the whole time. Um, and after the, this happened in the, basically the beginning of an arc, but at the end of the arc, they finally do like scuttle the ship or whatever. And they give it like a Viking funeral and send it off. And that's probably one of the saddest moments of that whole show for me. Like it is such a bittersweet thing. And the fact that I'm crying over this damn ship, the Going Mary had me I, that that also made me cry but the whole emotion behind it and what they went through to have to get rid of it was just uh, that's yeah. that's a big moment for me
1: I have a question cuz I personally haven't seen I I haven't really seen any of one piece and I mm. I technically could say I have but I've only seen like the first let's say 12 episodes so basically not that I haven't seen one piece um <clears throat> But explain, like, the idea, like, on how they got so attached to the boat, because it's a little bit hard for me to, I guess, gauge the level of, like, emotion that was there. I think the biggest thing that I can kind of relate to that part of One Piece is, like, if you mm-hmm. remember back to, like, one of the first arcs, I don't even remember who, like, it could have been, like, Buggy the pirate, if I remember correctly. It could have been that, that uh, I think that might have been one of the first villains that they mm-hmm. face. Um but remind me of the character's name, the guy that was kind of like the person that got Luffy to be like a, a, uh, a oh, pirate uh, in first place.
0: Shanks or whatever? What yeah, yeah, think?
1: Shanks. And then Shanks gave him, like, Luffy's hat. Yeah. So I remember, like, one of the villains, like, basically tried to, like, crush his hat, Luffy's hat, and he got, like, super emotional, right, over this mm-hmm. hat. And that's how it kind of, he went, like, crazy and, like, was able to defeat him. Uh, like, it has his, half his anime moment and, like, kind of go crazy um but i remember like i remember kind of vaguely that they kind of talked about how shank lost his arm protecting luffy from like a, a sea monster i believe or something so there was like history behind that so is like the history with the boat kind of the same or is the history i have like a song like character trait or is it just like they've been through like you know so many tr- like trips and adventures with this ship that they kind of just
0: yeah like the ship itself basically became part of the crew like at this point, there's I think five or six people in the crew, and the boat became that sixth or seventh man. Like this, they had taken this boat through up upper waterfall or uh, upper waterfall down the side of a mountain, inside of a giant whale. They took it to an island in the sky, fell out of said island in the sky. They'd taken this thing everywhere and they'd ridden it everywhere, and it had gotten them where they needed to go, like safely. And so it had become this like the symbol of their their friendship, essentially, and their like and their family aboard the ship. So to them, like losing this was like losing a member of their crew. And so mm-hmm. Utops especially uh, uh, especially, he he had been the one who had been repairing it this whole time. Um, he'd been the one fixing it, and I think at one part, he at one point in this in this arc, before they uh, actually like uh, sent the boat out on its funeral, like the ship essentially like spoke to him, or I think I forgot what it was, but the spirit of the ship essentially spoke to him and told him like, "Hey, like I love you guys so much," but like, and he was he's like bawling his eyes out listening to the ship talk to him, um, but yeah like that's just how it is it was it was a part of their crew essentially and like just like that hat was for luffy like how it it, it's this wonder it's the symbol of why he became a pirate like the ship itself was a symbol of like their whole crew together and all the stuff they had been through as one so yeah
1: yeah yeah so i guess to expound on this topic a little bit more um we mentioned like anime moments, they can really separate the men from the boys. Like just being a good because it's it's one thing to have good characters, good character development, it's one thing to have like good design, good drawing style, it's one thing to have good plot and a good story. But when you have like more of these anime moments where it takes to that that next level where like a picture is written with a thousand words. Um mm. let's just, let's go in like some of the things that separates the men from the boys as far as, you know, good animes versus like the great ones. Um for me starting off, um, I'm gonna say like the actual what you see on the screen, like animation style. And it's very subtle, right? I've seen like a lot of really just good like quality drawn animes. Um mm-hmm. Let me think off the top of my head of like ones that just kind of you know blew me away. Uh, Attack on Titan, very good, very good drawing style. Um ReZero is also has a you know decent drawing style as well. Um I kinda I, I'm not sure like I'm not really an artist, so I can't really like say the style of drawing that they have, but um for me it's like again like the the small subtle facial expressions in like the characters that they show um and i'm gonna go back to Rezero for this example for like what separates again is that you know i was talking about before how rem kind of like sacrificed herself in episode 18 saying like i'm giving up my desire to be with you so you can like achieve your journey (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm content with that um well pretty much in season two she goes into or into like a like basically a coma Subaru, when she, he finds out that she's gone into this coma, he he, he legit tries to like he's commit suicide because he knows he has that power to like reset time, but when he does that, he's he's too late because there's like save points. So He already reached another save point or a checkpoint, so he can't yeah. like go back and keep her from like um going into this coma. So he's legit like um crying like I I like he like when I say you you've like cried like hot tears where you're just like angry mm. um yeah. when you're crying like you can legit see like his like like the anger in his face. And he's like so angry at the situation, but then like a small he just changed his expression to like almost like defeat. Um like in a in the matter of like three seconds. And it's all just like based on like how his like eyebrows, his eyes, his face was drawn. And it was it was a really powerful scene and it kinda like made me like feel like it just made me feel much that much better like, you know, emotional about it. Because it was like anyone like a lot of animes show like, you know, characters crying or whatever, showing emotion. But it's like those that take that extra step to like sh- like relate with the individual. I think that's kind of you know separates the men from the boys. So I think like you're know, wrapping up back up. Um, like how it's drawn, like animation, is like you know takes it to the next next level for me.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that that happens a lot for a lot of people is the animation because I mean it's a valid point when you're taking in any kind of media, and. Like, you don't like certain parts of, like, what you're seeing or hearing, whether that be the voice of somebody. For example, like, Asta from Black Clover, like, a lot of people dropped that show because they couldn't stand my man's yelling at the beginning of the show. And obviously, it got better towards the later episodes. But, like, those first, what is it, 20, 25 episodes or so, like, he's kind of annoying. Like, he's, he's really <laughs> <Yeah>. loud. <laughs> But if you but you know those those certain things that that really do hit for for a lot of people animation wise, you talk about like something like Demon Slayer, that episode, I think it's episode nineteen. Uh, probably one of the most beautiful scenes in a shonen fight I've ever seen in my entire life was uh when he was fighting this like spider demon, uh the main mm-hmm. character Tanjiro. And when I tell you <laughs> probably some of the best sound design in terms of when he uh cut off his head but then also the music and the flashbacks while inside of that scene and then the artistry behind it bro I had that as my wallpaper for a good three four months after that because of how beautiful <laughs> it was on my on my computer I'm telling you um but yeah like those kind of things those things make or break a show like those smaller details that put people put into it I know a lot of people who probably don't Aren't caught up with the whole one punch man like web web novel or whatever because they don't like the original artist's um like way of drawing the story it may be a great Mm -hmm. story it is a fantastic story but people are just going to wait for the shonen the shonen jump like the weekly drops because they actually enjoy looking at the art style of that of the guy who's a little bit behind it and behind the uh, web novel right now but he's drawing it. it looks beautiful you know
1: that's actually crazy you say that because <laughs> i kid you i did not realize that the guy on shonen jump wasn't the original <laughs> <So> you're, <laughs> you're telling me there's like a telling me there's like a more updated version of one punch that's looks like is i assume it's like simpler drawing uh, the way you that's,
0: describe it. Really, yeah, that's that's the crazy part right like i don't know how far ahead of it, it is but it's pretty it's not it it's it's not at the same point as the one in shonen jump i'll say that
1: Mm, okay i'm curious now i have to look into that but yeah i mean that the fact that i didn't like realize that that wasn't the original just kind of kind of shows like it just proves (laughs) the point there um so yeah i guess we can kind of tie this into our, our second topic so we've been talking about you know anime moments how you know the good ones uh, and the great shows are separated by, you know, the amount of anime moments that makes you feel some type of way. So we're just going to do a little bit deeper dive into shows that make you feel. Um, now I, I know I just, I call this the snafu effect because I, I titled this cause you know, both me and you, Josh, we've, we've both seen snafu. We're both fans of it. Um, yeah. But the reason I like titled it snafu effect is because for a show, in order to make you feel something, you have to sort of, you have to relate to it in a sort, in a certain sort of way. Whether it's like I've like been to this sort of like been through this sort of same sort of like feeling like in my own personal life, or sometimes it's even like you learn something that you necessarily didn't realize like in your past. So, if for those who don't know, snafu, uh, my teen, what my teen rom- high school romantic comedy snafu, or my teen romantic comedy snafu. Yeah, um, very, very, very basic show. I mean, on the surface, it's about you know these three characters fight these three characters, um, Hachiman, uh, Yukino, and uh, Yui, You're yeah. right? These three high school characters. They're in a club together. I think they're in like a service club. They basically go around helping people. Um, not that big of a plot. I mean, on the surface, they like playing a dance. They go on like trips with their school. They're just following like a, their normal high school life. But the biggest thing about them is that their whole, like, friendship is based off a of facade, and they aren't necessarily willing to admit their, their for those who don't realize that we're going to spoil it, because that's the best way to explain it, um, they're, yeah. it's basically a love triangle, uh, so they're not willing to admit that there's a love triangle between them, because um, you know, th- that would destroy their whole dynamic, their whole friendship, so they just kind of, like, put these facades on, and that's kind of, like, the big thing I kind of picked up on, going back to, like, it made me feel some type of way, because I was like, wow, I, like, that's a real thing in high school. People do put on facades like that and they're willing to like, you know, pretend that they don't exist just to um, meet the status quo. And the crazy part like a deeper level to that is that their whole, like their whole like club they have together is basically solving people's problems, solving other people's problems. So they don't have to have those facades yet this whole time. They have one themselves. Um, So I call it the snafu effect. Some people might call it something else, Um, but yeah,
0: there's so many layers to that show. I think i rewatched it twice and I still like learn new things about the characters and their motivations and all that kind of stuff. Like every time I watch it, cause I'm not going to lie to you the first time that I watched it, I was like, I was both confused and bored. Cause like, I guess I'm dumb. Cause I just did not know. I just did not understand what was going on. And mm-hmm. so that one episode where like, uh, Hachi, Hachiman, and Yui are like walking down the street, and she goes ahead of him, and he starts walking in the other direction, and she starts crying around the corner. Like, mm-hmm. At first, I was like, "What is going on here?" And then, and then it hit me, and and then I cried for her multiple times after that. Girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. I mean, yeah, it's like she, like she basically knew already. She knew from the beginning, and like she's, she's still like, she's like every I mean,
0: you can't ignore the that, that 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 brings a whole different thing into it. Like you can't ignore those feelings even if even if you try to hide them. Like she still wants to be around my man because she still likes him. Even though she kind of knows deep down that if it were to come come be come to him deciding between her or the other girl, like she knows she's probably going to lose in that regard.
1: Right and yeah, and on top of that, that like, she's also just she's also becomes really close friends with uh, Yukino. She kind of mm-hmm. just pulled from like the the popular group down to like hang with them almost. Yeah, so that those that's just like kind of a <clears throat> one example that we both have of you know some a, a show that made us feel something. That one was, I guess you could say, sadness. Um, I per we I personally you know we 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 both like the yui more than Yukino, so we kind of lost at the end of the show. <laughs> so uh I was I was I was upset. I, I still haven't gotten the stomach to rewatch it even though I probably should. Um but yeah, I'm just going to go down my personal list and then Josh you can share some of your shows that made you feel something. And like this like the snafu effect obviously it, it applies for like sadness, but this can be a, like anything. So uh our lists are kind of different from that standpoint. So I already talked about Re:Zero. I don't have to like keep hyping on that one. Go watch it. Great show. Um, Orizuki, This one's kind of in the same boat as SNAFU, except it takes a different approach to it. Um, The way SNAFU is more so like a normal slice of life, very basic storytelling, not really too much like comedy. Um Orisuki's a complete comedy. You look at like the jokes they made, how the characters are drawn, very outrageous, that kind of like ah. Uh- like, um, emotions depend on 100% type of animes. Kind of ridiculous. But the crazy part is it still has a lot of those same core values. You know, love triangles, you know, high school relationships, putting on facades, this, this, that, and the other. Um, mm. So, again, we, we already talked about Snafu, so I won't go into too much detail about Orisuki. Very similar stories. Um, kind of coming of age for the characters, they did the character development. Domestic girlfriend, though. Oh my gosh! Way out of left field. Now, Josh, I don't think you've watched that one or read the the
0: story, have you? No, I've heard you and and one of our friends talking about it, and I I don't know how to feel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's um the the crazy part is they're coming out with that new show. That's like my ex is my stepsister now, which a lot I I don't know how to feel about that one. It could, but I'll have to wait and see for that one to come out. Um, but domestic girlfriend. This one's more so. Again, the 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 source material the manga that was really put me in my feels. The show was honestly just okay. Um, you know, the drawing style was okay. I mean, those that first arc that it kind of covers is very, is very mellow compared to the rest of the story. in, in being yeah. honest, but it, it, in the title it's called domestic girlfriend. Now they're not actually blood related. Um, it, and honestly, just kind of just a spur of the moment thing. Uh, the main character, uh, he ends up sleeping with one of the girls from his high school. So I mean, it is it is an adult, sh- it is an adult you know story. Uh, just you know, forewarning on that. But the crazy part is, is that uh, he also has a crush on one of his high school teachers. So you think these are like two random events, right? All of a sudden, his dad gets remarried, um, and lo and behold, that both his high school teacher and the girl he slept with are sisters, and they're daughters of his now stepmom. So there, he's, he's, there's a kind of, you know, brings this whole love triangle into there. And it's, it's a very long story. A lot of these animes, I mean, they don't really follow the whole life of characters. I mean, what makes Domestic Girlfriend so unique is that they, they go from being high school characters or the main character goes from being high school character up to like his early thirties, basically late twenties, early thirties. Oh. So you follow his whole like life through high school, his whole life through college, young adulthood um and that whole st- like to the point where he even like has kids um mm-hmm. so it, you go through like that it's it's a whole like whirlwind of um you know craziness i mean i i want to say it's very similar to a lot of the dramas you might have like an actual you know, relationship with a significant other it just has like that spin that they kind of have to hide it from their parents from the public because they're not sure on like how they'll be accepted um mm-hmm. but i mean like I said, it's it's like one of the, it's. A lot of people say it's a dumpster fire, based on like the the title of it. But it you get to the like point, it. you're like you start empathizing for them, almost like a Frankenstein's monster type of event. Like you empathize for a monster. You empathize for like a situation that is like technically illegal in Japan, as if, if I remember correctly. I don't think you can have that sort of relationship in Japan. Um, okay. But anyways. That that's a domestic girlfriend, and then my last one's Golden Time. I have a lot of slice of life animes on this list. That's kind of my, like where they go to. Uh, Golden Time again. This one's following some college kids. Um, main <laughs> character. I forget these main characters. They're kind of like all blending together. But the main character has amnesia. Uh, I'm not going to dwell too much on this one. Uh, falls in love with this one girl. Love triangle starts. You kind of see like they're, um, you know, coming of age, kind of like accepting each other. You, you kind of see a, a theme going on with me, but. Does that speak to me personally about my personal life? Uh, I definitely think it can as a younger, you know, when I was in high school, I was very not so outgoing with other individuals. I did put on a lot of Mm -hmm. facades with people in high school. Um, I wasn't necessarily the most outgoing with like especially girls either. Um, But now that like I'm older, I realize, you know, I was kind of I didn't need to like make it as drama as drama over like uh, complicated as it really was. Because like at the end of the day, like we're all human, right? Like girls aren't some like alien creature. Um, they're like actually, you know, a person. And when you kind of boil it down to that, you can simplify things. So that's kind of like a theme with some of these stories that I have. They're they're kind of overcomplicating things, but when they finally start to get to know each other, know themselves, and accept themselves, and accept, you know, you know, forgive each other for you know things they do, then it comes to a good resolution. So yeah, those are my those are, uh the stories on my list. What about you, Josh?
0: Um. I kind of went the opposite direction, actually. So, I'm a very big fan of the big, the theatrical, the 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 passionate kind of thing. So, when I think when I thought about feeling things, um, I I look for like hype moments. I look for like those bittersweet moments as well. So, <clears throat> things like in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, one of the saddest lines that you ever hear um, is, it's a horrible day for rain. And there's a whole backstory behind it, but that was such a sad moment. But to have the vindication afterwards where this character gets to like fight the person who essentially killed his best friend, like I'm not saying revenge and going for revenge is a good thing, but... The vindication you feel, and you get to feel him and the passion behind that scene, and how much just outright damage he does to this person is it, it feels good. I'm not gonna lie, it feels really, mm-hmm. really good. And I, it, it, this show has me on both sides of the emotional spectrum because at some parts, you're thinking about kind of the whole politics behind it and how it relates to um, certain aspects of. <clears throat> actual history but then also you're just seeing how the characters work between each other and like their interpersonal relationships and how impactful the death or life or just interactions these characters have between each other it's crazy um definitely if anyone hasn't watched full metal alchemist brotherhood please do because it is a phenomenal show um, i'd say another one on my list is a comic good kill and I don't really know how to explain how I felt watching the show, because it is um, it is about a group of assassins, uh, essentially. And one one of the main characters, he is basically this guy from the boonies who comes to the big city, you know, all bright eyed, bushy tailed, ready to make a difference in the world and help people. And then he just kind of gets introduced to the harsh reality of the world. Um, and. I'll say this, this show is essentially like, if anyone doesn't like plot armor in anime and TV stories and books, you should watch this show, because there is no plot (laughs) armor for anyone. Um, You do not know who is going to die next, and it is very, very, uh, very, how do I put it, like, jaw-dropping? Kind of how they did it. Um, but then also, very interesting. I don't know if it's because the author decided to resort to kind of uh, scaring people with how they just kill off characters or what. But it's very interesting to see like kind of how the characters deal with um, the deaths of those around them. And how impactful certain characters who are only in the show for a few episodes are after they they pass, essentially. Um, yeah. And then the last couple things I'll mention. I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, but this was a that whole show was a huge bittersweet thing for me, especially in the I think it's the third part, um, Stardust Crusaders. Essentially, like this whole journey that they've been on through trying to essentially kill this scary bisexual vampire named Dio. Um, <laughs> like they've traveled from Japan to Egypt they have flown, they have been on a boat, in a submarine, on land, driving, walking, all this kind of stuff. These people own, these, I forgot how many characters there are, I think four or five, but they've been together for this, in total, like 50 days, I think, or not even, like they've been together not even a year, not even more than like two or three months, and they become their own little family while trying to kill this vampire guy and characters deaths yeah they're sad um they are they give you kind of this really um deep deep like sadness to them essentially but the biggest emotion for me at the end of this part of the show was just the bittersweetness of it. Like they finally accomplished all of the stuff that they've done or they needed to do. Like they finally got rid of this guy, but in doing that, they kind of look, you have to look back on all that they've lost in doing it. And there's at the end of this part of the show, the one of the main characters, he holds this like picture that they took while they were traveling and it's all of them smiling. And then you kind of just look at it for a second. You're like, Oh, yeah, these these guys are having a huge impact on my life because I'm gonna miss them, even though they're animated characters. Um,
1: yeah, <clears throat> kind of like it seeing like was the was the sacrifice worth it? Like evaluating.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm. I think it was,
1: but like, damn, hmm.
0: they didn't have to do half these dudes that bad. They really didn't. They really did.
1: Yeah. Was it? Now I've oh, I haven't really seen uh, JoJo's. Is it? Is it worse than how they do the characters in a comic, or like on the same level, or like not?
0: I think I, I, I think a comic is just a little bit more. I don't know how to put it. It's a lot more. I don't know. Cut not cut and dry, but like when they cut a character out, when they kill a character, like they kill that character. There is no yeah. if, ands and buts about it. Like you know they are dead. <laughs> and you, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, just like the characters in the show, you don't have a lot of time to deal with it because, like, there's either other people to fight, or like another episode to watch, or like different layers of this whole conspiracy slash just mess to unravel, essentially. Yeah. So I'd say Akame does it a lot worse, but JoJo's like those are still some; those are more impactful deaths because there's I think because there's less of them. <clears throat> And you get to know them a little bit better since it's such a smaller cast. Like you get to know a lot more about their personalities and their characters, but yeah, Akame is just rough. It's brutal. (laughs) That's the word. Uh, It's uh, brutal. brutal. So I think we should finally get to our last topic here and I don't know how to make a transition yet. Um, So I'll just say, we're going to talk finally about the irony of being unironic.
1: No, I got you. I got you. So, one of the things uh, now this this show i'm gonna be honest it's it's working its way up to being like on my like makes me feel some type of way list but i'm like it's kind of like a guilty pleasure tropical road pretty cure bro, <laughs> bro. <laughs> i I, just, I remember seeing this yeah, the uh trailer for like one of the transformations like on crunchyroll and like it's so ridiculous like i said you know the boys have to watch this right as a joke as a joke obviously so we started cool. watching the first episode it's it feels you know, it's a it's like a, it's made for like probably six seven year old girls it's a very it's very childish show um in every way shape or form which is a good thing because you know i think a lot of shows there, there's there needs to be like a show for every demographic um yeah. but like this first episode like when the girl when the main character gets her like Transforms into the into the legendary warrior, being like the first Pretty Cure, like that. That fight scene actually went a little bit too hard. I was like, oh, okay." <laughs> like, like the, and then like the way she's written. I mean, it's a very, it's a very like uh, bare bones uh, sort of like story. But like, mm. despite it being like very simple, you can still like it. Still has the same tropes, or like some of the same tropes is like character development. You can see like the bond between the different characters. Um. So the reason why it's like ironically being unironic is because you know we started watching this as a group uh, like we you know tune in every single day or every single week to like watch on crunchyroll we just make fun of it like oh my god this is so crazy is the best show ever like, ironically but unironically we watched like what eight episodes and then we're like okay yeah been, we gotta we gotta <laughs> stop um one thing well an example of this where we didn't stop was the bachelor <laughs> now that, that's don't,
0: something don't don't not the
1: bachelor, no. <laughs> no, we gotta tell him, bro. There's
0: nothing wrong with.
1: I I, I am not ashamed to, to say that. I,
0: I am very day. ashamed to be a part of Bachelor Nation or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: how did that start? I think okay. I obviously I'm a I'm a big instigator because I be I be doing stuff because I, I knew what I was doing. I started streaming the Bachelor. Well, first off, it was my sister that got me into it. Um, uh, this was like oh, okay. 2021 spring, 2021. That was when yeah, Matt yeah. James had his season. My sister showed me the first episode and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna get a good laugh out of the boys. We're on Discord. So I started streaming the first episode. No one was really watching it. Everyone was like playing their own games, like minding their own business. So I waited for like a very like dead like just dead silence on the Discord. And I'm like, I remember I I still remember this day. I was like, Did she just really bring this guy a pizza? And then everyone's like, Wait, what? (laughs) This is like a (laughs) random comment. And then little by little people started trickling into my um into my into my stream, like, Are you watching The Bachelor? And it was like, "Oh my God, I got to see this, you know, ironically. And then, like, we were like, oh, like these these people are like idiots. And then we come back next week, and we come back next week and next week. And then we come back the next season. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, obviously the group kind of died down. I mean, we still will get some of those days where like a bunch of people watch it. But like the core group kind of died down. but like I, I can't I can't deny that like I unironically like The Bachelor. Um, mm-hmm. oh. So <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy how things can start as a joke, but then you end up liking it. Um, so I guess those are two examples of, you know, things I personally like. But again, it doesn't have to be TV shows. It can be anything in life. So, Josh, what are some examples of something that you uh, unironically like, but you started watching it or doing it ironically?
0: Um, I, I'll, I won't even lie to you. You said it's not just TV shows. Um, <clears throat> I like to crochet a lot. I started crocheting. <laughs> Ooh, it was like half a year ago, I think. Um, you know, I think it was one time we were talking to one of our friends, and she was telling us about a cro. She was doing those socks. Remember the crochet sock or whatever. And we were talking about. uh bet you can't learn how to crochet some socks or something. And I'm like, you know, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it just to see how it goes. Like, cause you know, I'm not good with my hands. I'm not good at arts and crafts. But you know this little stuffed animal i can make it for my fiance like this is fine i can do that we'll do good things uh and hopefully she'll like that it's homemade or whatever but when i tell you crochet is so soothing it it's <laughs> it's so one it's so relaxing bro like you can just sit there and listen to some nice jazz watch tv watch anime watch sports and bang out a whole project in like 5 or 6 hours depending on what you're making and i mean i'm no professional (laughs) thank you thank you i'm no professional or anything like i'm not over here making scarves and stuff like that but like it's just fun to practice honestly
1: but josh hold up we gotta give we gotta give the audience a visual description of what they're seeing right so how tall are you how tall are you again
0: I, i i'm i'm six two i'm six two
1: all right how tall is our friend give or take that taught you to crochet uh
0: how tall is she like
1: five three
0: five four i think (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right, so so imagine imagine Josh shows up to like a crochet like a knitting club, right? And they're That's, all in the uh, rocking chairs, like a bunch of like old, like women. Like they could be older, could be younger, but they're all like five, two, five, three, And then Josh just walks in with his six two self. <laughs>
0: hey, I walked in with my, my blue yarn, my blue <laughs> yarn, and my excitement. And they're all like, mm-hmm. Josh, you're here, so exciting. How
1: are you doing?
0: Um. Um, no, man. No. <laughs> no, you wouldn't do that? <laughs> I don't think I could. I'd be too embarrassed. I'd be like asking everybody, hey, can you teach me how to, to do this like cross stitch or something like that? Like, I am very confused. <laughs>
1: That's the thing, bro. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's nothing wrong with unironically liking something. I think the issue comes when like you you refuse to admit it for whatever reason. It could be because mm-hmm. you're embarrassed. It could be because it's not the popular thing to do because uh, because you think you might be judged but honestly I think it's just good to, better to admit like you know it can start as a joke but like when you realize like you, you like something just just accept it you know I think that's kind yeah. of it it's,
0: it's crazy how people will be like they'll just be watching something or doing something and they're like I hate this so much I this is the worst thing I've ever done this is the worst thing I've ever seen or read or whatever and then they just keep coming back to torture themselves like <laughs> yeah you you can stop at any time. Right. This, is not, this is not. This is not an addiction. I'm <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah. So I think personally, I'll give my example. Um, yeah. Ever since COVID hit, I've been going to the gym, man. And I, it originally, originally happened. I was like, okay, I just want to get in better shape because I remember, I remember distinctly, I was washing my car, and my mom came out to take pictures of me because you know, you know, how moms do. They'd they be trying to document everything. So I had my shirt off because it was hot, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try to flex for the camera a little bit. My mom sent me the pictures, bro. I was a skeleton, bro. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh. like, nah, bro. I'm freaking like, I was 21 at the time. I was like, no, this is, like, I look like I was in high school, bro. I'm like, no offense to skinny people, but I always like, I always thought like I was on the stronger side. I mean, I guess I was lean, but there was like no, like.
0: I mean, you were, you were, you were built like a, you were built like a, like a swimmer, you know, you swam for that, that little bit yeah. of time. So like you built like a swimmer, just like a skinny swimmer.
1: Yeah, I didn't have that like that uh, that aesthetically pleasing physique that I, mm-hmm. I guess I always like thought I had or like convinced myself I had. Um, and I had tried going to the gym before, but I was like, yeah, I will go like once or twice and get sore, and then never go like for another month. Um, so <laughs> this time, you know, I was like, you know what? I got nothing else to do. I'm at home. You know, remote classes. I'm gonna go like crazy if I stay in the house too long. I'm gonna go to the gym, right? So I originally start going to the gym. I go consistently. I should probably spend too much time in the gym because I want to get outside the house um but it, i started seeing like like major results both in like how much weight i could lift how i felt how like i i, I like i was able to jump higher um run a little bit faster but now i'm kind of like i gained some more weight and that's kind of what we're going to get into in a second so i can't run as fast as i used to <laughs> um, but uh yeah i, I just i always I, I remember like going to the gym at the first time i would see like the meatheads wearing the muscle shirts like carrying around the gallons of water, you know, flexing right. in the mirror, you know, having their Instagram po- fi- uh, po- pictures and whatnot. And there's like a whole culture behind gym culture now. It's like flexing on people. Now, I'm going to be honest. I haven't gotten to that point, but I'm like right below that line where I'm that dude, like setting up a tripod, filming myself, like hit PRs.
0: Oh, no, Like I'm <laughs> right below that line,
1: bro like i'm not even lying I, I i don't think i'll ever get to that point but you know mm. i could make myself a liar in a couple months yeah. um i would make fun of people like man this guy he just thinks he's all that he's not even that strong but i, I can lift that much like give me give me some time to get big i can lift that much and then lo and behold like i'm i'm the dude walking around with muscle shirts I don't necessarily walk around with a gallon of water because that's it doesn't seem practical to me. I actually like a normal water bottle. But like sometimes I just I I legit understand why people do it because I have like a thirty two ounce bottle of water. And like I have to refill that like maybe once or twice um during the like the set. And I'm like mm-hmm. it could just be more convenient to carry around a gallon of water. I, I understand why people do it now. <laughs> um uh people carrying those gym bags, you know, to have, you know, uh, their own like belts to put around their, mm-hmm. you know their waist to keep their back from like you know blowing out whenever they're lift, like deadlifting or squatting like it makes sense because you know some of the gym equipment that the, the facility has isn't as nice so like there's a reason why people kind of have that old meathead gym rat type culture to them um that i'm slowly starting to adopt um mm-hmm. now I'm, i think i'm more on the side like yeah i as far as i i, I won't admit that i'm a meathead or a gym rat oh i yes. i'll i'm a gym rat but i'm not a meathead i'm not out here you know, posting all these different workouts out here, taking shirtless pictures. Um, I mean, I'll look at myself in the mirror, like in the locker room or like in my room shirtless and be like, damn, okay, it was a good workout, but you know, doing that, in public it's it's a bit much for me.
0: I mean, you can appreciate, you can appreciate the effort you put towards it. Right. Though, like, I mean, you're putting in that, you're putting in that work to go to the gym, however many times a week. And, you know, you're seeing the improvements. I can, I can see why you would want to be like, ah, yeah, I got to check. This out like I'm now like, Ooh. see, I'm not the same way. So I avoid mirrors like the plague because I'm still that skinny, like skin and bones guy. But I can see where you're coming from
1: with this. Yeah. Are you play you play <laughs> rugby? You play rugby. You, you got some you got some uh, strength to you. Um no. What do you mean no? <laughs> no. <laughs> Bro, you're not no. giving yourself enough credit. Yo, go, come to the gym with me when I'm back in St. Louis. You know, when I visit next time, and uh, uh, I'll get you straight. But we're back, guys. I think that's about how much time we have left. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, now I'm going to be honest if you guys listened to our last podcast, we did upload it like two weeks late. (laughs) Some of those topics I know we talked about the NBA finals like who's going to win, and you know, they've been done for a week since you guys probably listened to that. So we do apologize for that. Um, we had to set up the whole like podcast and channel and channel and that kind of stuff. Uh, but we will be uploading this one as soon as possible. But, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, expect us to try to stick to that two-week, bi-weekly schedule. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, anything else you got to add, Josh, before we sign it's off?
0: Subscribe to Caleb's Instagram because you will get those shirtless gym selfies eventually. Okay? Not, <laughs> uh, you
1: only you only get that if you're one of my, uh, you know, you know clo- close, close friends in the, in the story. Oh, but uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and with that, guys, I'm Caleb. And I'm Josh. This is the <laughs> I am just Super Saiyan Podcast, bro. We'll see we'll see you
0: next time.